This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. Facebook whistleblower Frances Haugen testified to Congress on Tuesday about how her former employer has ensured little regulation of hate speech in the quest for bigger profits. Haugen revealed herself to the public in a recent 60 Minutes interview which came after her findings were analyzed and published in a major report in the Wall Street Journal. We turn now to Jessica Gonzalez, co-CEO of Free Press and co-founder of Yabasta Facebook and the Change the Terms Coalition. She's been on our program before to talk about Facebook. Welcome back, Jessica. Thanks for having me, Sonali. So in reading the Wall Street Journal report and hearing uh, Frances Haugen's interview and her testimony on Tuesday, there are some very clear patterns, right? That basically she's saying that Facebook wants us to think that it can't regulate hate speech and that if it were to do so, it would be a threat to free speech. But she's saying that that's absolutely not true. And then there's all, all these issues around Instagram as well. Is that the crux of her argument? That's the crux of the argument, Sonali. Look, what, what Frances Haugen revealed to us in part isn't surprising. We've already known that hate speech, bigotry, uh, lies about COVID, about the pandemic, about the election, about a number of other issues are prolific across Facebook's platforms. That much we knew. What we didn't know is the extent of what Facebook knew. And so not only in her testimony on Tuesday, but also in the documents, the internal Facebook documents that Frances Haugen revealed, we see that Facebook had a very clear picture about the major societal harms that its platform was causing. We learned that Facebook largely decided to do nothing to mitigate those problems. And then it proceeded to lie and mislead the, the US public, including members of Congress, testifying before Congress on a number of occasions, misrepresenting the, the content moderation efforts that were underway at the, at the company. So the big reveal here is that Facebook knew exactly what it was doing. It put profits over public safety and public health and our democracy and it did so repeatedly by lying to our faces about the nature of its business model. So, so what's even clearer today than, than was uh, clear last week, for instance, is that Facebook is unfit to govern itself. Right. So one of the major things that Frances Hagen also detailed was that she is just one of many, many employees, current and former, who were deeply disgusted with what Facebook was doing. Right. She detailed that she had many co-workers who were dismayed and disappointed um, when the old algorithms were turned back on after last year's election. We saw the January 6th riots. Um, and she decided very methodically to speak out, collecting data and information, passing it to the SEC, resigning, and then um, having this Wall Street Journal analysis. And it's really important, I think, to see those internal documents because Facebook, it seems itself, um, doesn't want to ensure that Congress knows about how their algorithms are run, right? And they kind of rely, it seems, on Congress's 
ignorance as to what their algorithms are. So here we have an insider who knows intimately how those algorithms are run. That's right. Listen, it's, it was critically important that those documents be released to the public. And I can't thank Frances Haugen enough because it takes a lot of courage. And we know that Facebook is going to attack her relentlessly. Um, that may not be totally public, but we know that there will be a whisper campaign to undermine her credibility. But listen, the, the, the internal documents speak for themselves. I have to say, when it comes to hate speech, the revelation that kind of knocked my socks off was that Facebook is only taking down three to 5% of hate speech on its site. Right. When in hearing after hearing and in, in like, you know, dozens of meetings that I've had with Facebook employees, we keep hearing them um, suggest that they're taking down um, hate speech at the at about 90%. So if you, if I, I, I had to go back and look, what exactly did they say to Congress? Did they perjure themselves before the uh, And Zuckerberg States? himself made such claims, maybe Zuckerberg not to saying 90%, but like most, we, we take most of it down, that sort of language. So when you go and look back, you can see that there were little carefully worded phrases that might um, get him out of a perjury claim. But, but at the end of the day, they led us to believe that they were taking down 90% of hate speech and really the number is much lower. And according to um, Haugen, without significantly investing in human moderators, we cannot get, or Facebook cannot get to, to a point where they're taking down more than 10 to 20% of content. The other really shocking revelation that came out at Tuesday's hearing was that Facebook, the, the, the money that it invests in the integrity of its systems, about an 87% or 89% of those funds go to English language content moderation and integrity. But only 9% of Facebook users are using the platform in English. And this, this is an incredibly important detail that I really want to dig in and learn more about because in my work with the Yabasta Facebook campaign that we've been working on with the National Hispanic Media Coalition and the Center for American Progress, we've been surfacing for over a year a number of examples where in Spanish, Facebook is leaving up the same kind of content that it's taking down in English. So we we identified this pattern. There's other research happening from X Labs that's also identifying that the, the enforcement rate in Spanish is much poorer than in English. And when we took these considerations and these concerns to Facebook, we found that they were unwilling to answer the most basic questions such as, who's in charge of Spanish language moderation? How many Spanish language content moderators do you employ? Where are those people located? They would they refuse to answer just really basic questions like that. And in fact, recently, Senator Lujan from the United States Senate and a number of other senators sent a letter to Facebook and several other platforms asking them for the same data and they refused. So they have habitually refused to disclose information about uh, how they're enforcing their policies across language. And what we've learned from the Facebook whistleblower is that the reason is they're doing a very poor job. 
So as bad as content moderation is in English, and it's really bad, a ton of violent, harmful, dangerous content is slipping through, it's even worse in Spanish and other languages. Right. We know that, uh, for example, uh, now through the documents that Hagen presented that uh, the genocide in Myanmar, for example, was fomented via Facebook. Facebook knew that the Myanmar generals were using their platform and did nothing about it. So and there are many, many other examples as well. So what what will all of this do? Um, we've had a lot of scrutiny from Congress. There have been antitrust efforts. Uh, there have been congressional reports as well. But here I understand uh, Haugen may be the first whistleblower to so methodically expose what Facebook is doing. Do you think it's going to make a difference? And if so, what would Free Press like to see happen in the wake of her revelations? Well, I really hope it makes a difference. And I have to tell you, Sonali, at Tuesday's hearing, something different happened. We saw uh, senators from both sides of the aisle asking serious questions. It was much less of a circus than we usually see in the United States Senate. I think we only had one uh, conservative, Senator Cruz mentioned the red hiring of, of conservative bias. And what we saw was really thoughtful questioning about how our data is being extracted and exploited and how we're being targeted. We, the Facebook users, are being targeted with advertising and recommendations and content based on what Facebook perceives to be our vulnerabilities, right? And, and that's one thing they really got to get into today, to on, on Tuesday, excuse me, that I was very excited about. Mm. This, this, this wouldn't work. Facebook wouldn't work as a business model if it wasn't taking our private data and using it and, and for the purpose of selling advertisements. And there's also this huge issue of it being a massive monopoly. As we found out on Monday when Facebook went down for six hours, it took down with it Instagram and WhatsApp, a service that I believe well over a billion people the world over use for communication with their loved ones. It's a main messaging app. Both Instagram and WhatsApp were their own separate companies. Facebook bought them up and whatever affected Facebook's servers on Monday affected all uh, the, the other two outlets as well, which speaks to its monopoly power. And then there's also the issue of the Instagram um, uh, controversy where we know that that Instagram's algorithms are particularly uh, harmful for young teenagers, young teenage girls in particular. Um, so I'm wondering if you can explain that a little bit to our audience and also how Facebook has now shelved its Instagram for preteens based on the scrutiny. Well, how they ever thought it was a good idea to uh, collect data on children and use it to, to drive content that would um, harm teen girls self images beyond me. I mean, certainly they knew about this. They decided to do nothing. It's absolutely despic despicable and unacceptable. Um, I know that the Federal Trade Commission and the House Judiciary Committees have looked a great deal at the antitrust issue, but I'm really interested in seeing um, Congress pass a data privacy and civil rights law so that our personal data and the personal data of our children isn't used to push damaging content, content that makes our teen girls 
um, you know, have body image issues uh, and content that doesn't provoke hate and violence and spread massive amounts of lies. That's, that's an important measure that Congress needs to take up right away. Ultimately, the common thread that seems to run through most of Haugen's uh, critiques of her former employer is that Facebook places its profits above everything else, right? It could um, change its algorithms to reduce the amount of hate. It could change its algorithms so that, you know, teenagers, teenage girls wouldn't face such body image issues. But if it did so, uh, it would have less engagement with the user and therefore fewer ad revenue dollars, lower profits. So it's putting profits above the well-being of people and above the well-being of our democracy, right? Well, that's right. And listen, this the system is built on a hate for and lie for profit model. Like, like Haugen said, rage, hate, things that make people angry are what pe keeps people on the platform. And so Facebook has made a conscious decision that it would rather make money than keep people safe. And that's why we need the government to step in because it's made clear that it cannot make good decisions on behalf of the American people. So um, coming out of the congressional testimony, there was a Senate panel hearing. Do you know what's next for um, lawmakers as they take up this issue or do we not know that yet? Well, a number of them mentioned their legislation during the hearing on Tuesday. There's a number of pieces of legislation. I expect we'll see more. But I also was really excited to hear how much discussion happened about the Federal Trade Commission's authority. I think that is that is a body that has expertise on these issues and could really undertake investigation and rulemaking right away. And I do hope that that agency has both the funding and the um, and the political leverage that it needs now that all these revelations have came uh, to light to really um, move an inquiry about these issues. Give out uh, information for our audience who might like to follow up with the work that um, the Free Press is doing and the campaigns that you're running. Sure, you can go to freepress.net, follow me at jgo4justice or freepress at freepress. And we'll post links to those from our website as well. Uh, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. My guest has been Jessica Gonzalez, co-CEO of Free Press and co-founder of Yabasta Facebook. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. You can access this and other interviews on our website at risingupwithsonali.com by becoming a subscriber. You can find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And it's always ironic to give out our social media platforms when we critique social media, but you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the handle Are You With Sonali.